This is the Good Neighbor Podcast, the place where local businesses and neighbors come together. I'm your host, Charlie McDermott. Welcome to episode number 188 of the Good Neighbor Podcast, and today it's another real treat for our listeners. We have Dr. Russell Becker. Now, he is partners with Dr. Duke Fitzinger, and they are with Vascular Center of Naples. Dr. Becker, welcome to the Good Neighbor Podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing great, and thanks for having us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Thrilled to have you guys, and I know uh, how busy you are, and you're actually joining us over lunchtime, so we really, really appreciate it. I know our listeners, uh, are, many are already familiar with you guys, but uh, let's start with Vascular Center of Naples. Uh, tell us what's going on over there. Well, we, we started the practice in 2018. Uh, I've been doing vascular surgeon since 2004. I spent the majority of my career thus far up in Michigan. And like most Northerners, wanted to get out of the cold weather. So we migrated down here um, five years ago and um, I was in with another practice and decided I wanted to start my own. And that, uh, that endeavor uh, started in 2018. Um, we really wanted to focus on making the care for vascular patient a little bit more personal. We wanted to make it, how do I want to say happy? Because a lot of our patients, when they come in with vascular disease, they sometimes are looking at possible limb loss. And so that can be a very depressing uh, scenario, um, or they had a stroke, or maybe they have an aneurysm, or maybe they have some very painful varicosities that are really bothering them. These are things that aren't usually making people very happy. So we try to set up an office that when you first come in, uh, you're very welcomed, a nice reception area that makes the patients a little bit more comfortable, a, a smiling, happy staff that's always laughing and trying to get the you know, light part of the day uh, for patients. Uh, and then when we come in, we try to get them in in a timely fashion. Everybody's time is valuable. Even if you're retired, maybe you want to be playing pickleball. Maybe you want to be out on the golf course. Um, so we try to be very respectful of, of the patient's time and try to get them in in a timely fashion. Um, and then we try to really explain things down to where everybody can understand it. We spend 15 years of training to get to the point that you can actually start to do vascular surgery. Um, so you have all that knowledge base and, and talking to colleagues, it's very easy. Um, but then talking to a, an individual that has none of that background, that is the real art of medicine. And we really pride ourselves on really taking time with the patients and explain it in simple terms that they can understand. So then they're an educated consumer and then they can make a decision what's best for their care and how they perceive. And, and I, I find when you do that, the patients are very happy with the results, no matter if it comes out perfect or not so perfect. They're usually very happy. Wow, I love that. You know, the, the fact that, and I could just tell by the short conversation you and I have, you know, it, it's, you're very passionate and it's very important to you that you educate as well as do what you're extremely good at, you know, provide the, you know, the fix, the surgery. Uh, uh, and, you know, in this day and age of, of healthcare and, you know, it, it, it's hard to find, I guess, is, is the short version. And, and it's no fault of many docs. I mean, it's just, it's a time crunch, right? But, you know, to spend the time, provide that experience, and then also help 
your patients understand why this is important and kind of, I guess, set expectations, right? So they know what, what yeah. Like anything in life, if your expectations are, you know, re- reality, then, then people are happy with the results. Yeah. Uh, like I said, where they come out not so good or, or perfect. Yeah. Um, so yeah. That's what we really pride ourselves on. We, we really focused in on, on three areas in vascular surgery at our office. I mean, we take care of all types of vascular issues. I always kid with, with, with family and friends that I'm, I'm a glorified plumber because I take care of the veins and arteries of the body. <laughs> uh, so we, we basically focus in on varicose veins uh, because I think that's part of every day's life. Uh, it's a very common problem that 20, 25% of the patients out there have it. And I say patients, meaning people in general. So it's a very prominent disease process that's overlooked. And so that's something out there that people can easily get taken care of right here in the office. Uh, we pride ourselves on bringing state-of-the-art vascular venous care to, to the, the patient population here in Collier County. Uh, and then the other area that we really focus in on is dialysis patients. Um, the dialysis patients are people that they're kidneys have failed and they're not working anymore. And most of the time, as you can imagine, uh, Charlie, these are older patients that have retired. And so they're used to having a normal day, whatever they did before. Now all of a sudden they're waking up at 4, 5 a.m. in the morning to then get to the dialysis center by 6, 6.30. And then they're connected to a machine that cleans their blood for three and a half, four hours. And they do this three days a week. It's essentially a new job for them. And along with kidney failure, a lot of times they have other medical problems. So they're going to other doctors for other problems. So they, they have a new job now of just health care, where they're going from doctor to doctor's office, uh, treatment to treatment, sometimes getting hospitalized for various problems. I mean, it's just not a uplifting experience in the retirement or golden years. So here we try to really focus that we can try to take care of them in one stop, um, create their access, maintenance it, and really give them a a, a comprehensive care for their dialysis access. Um, And the the third thing that we focus on is really peripheral arterial disease. Hardening of the arteries is it it, it goes out to your legs. And a lot of times that impacts on everybody's activity. Down here in in Florida, I'm always amazed at how active people are. They're out walking, they're out playing sports, they're out riding their bikes. Um, this kind of activities could be limited by the blood flow of their legs. Mm-hmm. Just like when you're running and you get short of breath, if their muscles are working when they're walking or riding bikes and there's a narrowing there, then they're not getting enough blood or oxygen to their cells and tissues. And then their legs start to hurt to let them know, hey, I'm not getting enough blood, I'm not getting enough oxygen. So that's what we try to focus in on those blockages and open them up much like they do for heart stents or heart blockages with balloons and stents, we do the same thing for the leg vessels. We do that here in the office. So those are three areas that we really try to focus in on and and give our patients uh, comprehensive, compassionate care for those disease processes, along with other vascular etiologies and problems too. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's terrific. Thank you for sharing all that. Uh, You know, I, um, I know you, you, in your educational path, did a, a stint in Philadelphia. So we always give props to our Philly folks on these interviews. So awesome. I, I'm sure that was a life-changing experience for you. But um, 
definitely in many right. ways, probably. It was a pretzels, street pretzels, <laughs> cheesesteaks, all the good stuff, you know. Yeah, so, so the question is always Pats or Geno's? What would what was it? <laughs> you know, you know I, I like both of those, but you know, <laughs> Philadelphia always had the local one that they liked, and, and we had a local one that we always went to. It was easier to get to, you didn't have to fight the lines like at Pats and Geno's. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was iconic to go to those, it really was. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. But tell us about how you, you got into this line of medicine. What was your journey there? Well, uh, you know, I'm a first generation to go into college uh, as well as higher education. We're dairy farmers by trade, uh, both on my mother's side and my father's side. So if anybody knows anything about dairy farming, that's a twice a day, every day, seven <laughs> days a week kind of job. It's a very grueling tough job. Um, but nonetheless, um, you know, occasionally we go to the family doctor and, and, and for various ailments. And my mom, I said, God, you know, doctor's a good, good job. You should do that. You should do that. So I, I, I went to Michigan State undergrad with the idea that I was going to go into medicine. So I volunteered at the, one of the local hospitals as an orderly. And so I went there and I'm, I'm sure the orderly that was in charge of me just wanted to get rid of me. So he put me in this operating room. And I'm over the net up by the anesthesiologist looking at the surgical field. And it happens to be an open heart surgery. I mean, this is, you know, the hairs, even just now, the hairs on the back of my neck just start to tingle because it's, it's, it's this exciting portion for me as I was deciding what to do. And I'm watching this surgery. And, and at the time, they would pull, pull ice onto the heart, cool water, and it would stop the heart. Wow. So they could suture on her and, you know, sew the, the bypasses. And right then and there, the heart surgeon looks up to me. He goes, it's pretty cool, isn't it? And I oh, yeah, it is. And I said, that's what I wanted to do. <laughs> um, but during my training in general surgery, I didn't get quite the experience I wanted to with open heart surgeons. And that's another three years on top of five years of general surgery. Um, so I wasn't sure I wanted to dedicate my time to that. And at the time, we had a very robust vascular service um, in Michigan where I trained at Michigan State, and th those guys were very happy. They seemed mm -hmm. to enjoy their work. Um, it was still tedious and very fine because you're working with really small sutures, uh, a little bit bigger than your, your, you know, uh, your eyelashes and your hair. So it's very, very Ooh. delicate work. And so I really enjoyed that aspect. And I said, hey, that's what I want to do. Um, and so then I was fortunate to get into a fellowship at uh, Wayne State and did two years of uh, vascular training there. And then I was fortunate to, to get a job back where I originally trained uh, in general surgery in Flint, Michigan for 10 years. So um, mm -hmm. it, it's, been, it's been a very rewarding career. And I've thanked my mentors um, countless times because you, you don't understand the time that they put into training you and, and how hard it is to watch somebody do something that they're struggling and you have to let them struggle because mm -hmm. otherwise they're not going to learn. Um, but, but this to put that time and energy into somebody they really didn't know, you know, six months ago. I mean, mm -hmm. so I think that's a real, that's a real calling. And I really appreciated them spend that time, that two years um, helping me, nurturing me along and, and help me grow as a, as a surgeon and really as a, as a person too. Yeah. Um, it was really, it was really a, a dynamic time in my life, uh, an experience that um, you really look back at and cherish the farther you get away from it, of course. Yeah. 
as you're going through it, it's not so fun, but (laughs) (laughs) I I can't even imagine. (laughs) My goodness. (laughs) So how about from a myth standpoint, you know, are are there myths out there in your world that you hear maybe on the street or from patients, uh, anything that comes to mind? Well, a lot of times uh, patients think that they're, uh, particularly for varicose veins and venous disease, that it's, it's, not, it's not that important, insurance doesn't pay for it, it's all cosmetic. That's, that's not so true. Um, a, lot of, a lot of venous, varicose vein problems are um, medically necessary and insurance do pay for it. Mm-hmm. That's probably a, a big myth. Um, mm-hmm. The other thing is, you know, a lot of these patients will have other comorbidities and meaning that they have other disease processes that actually feed into peripheral arterial disease. And vascular surgery as a whole has not done a good job of educating our community on what vascular disease is. Um, people say, well, is that hardening of the arteries or is that atherosclerosis or is that PAD? Well, yeah, it, it's all of those, but again, we've labeled it so many different <laughs> so many so many different terms it's difficult for the patients to really discern what it is so the myth I'm, I'm sort of alluding to there is just all those are hardening of the arteries thickening of the vessels where it becomes a blockage uh, where the blood just can't get through as efficient um, and, and that's the, that's a probably the, it's, it's not necessarily a myth it's just a it's just a lack of education to the patients of what the problem is right right yeah how about outside of the medical world when you're yeah, do get some free time. What are you doing for fun? Well, um, oddly enough, so, um, you know, you know, in medical school, I went to Philadelphia College of Osteopathic, and in medical school, of course, it's your first year, and you're doing anatomy, and anatomy is the cornerstone for all of medicine, and, of course, it's what movies are made about, TV shows are brought about, um, but nonetheless, so I'm, I'm in the anatomy, and you spend a lot of time there, and I have a male cadaver. And of course, um, next to me is the female cadaver. So you, you do your dissections, but as it comes to those female and male parts, you switch, switch partners or switch cadavers. And oddly enough, uh, there happened to be a very attractive uh, lady in the group next to me that had the female cadaver. Uh, and so I, I, I pursued her and eventually wore her down and, and married her. And, and that's my wife. Uh, she turned, she's, she's an OBGYN oh, wow. uh, here in town. And we've been married since 2001. Uh, we have three kids uh, and our first kid, our oldest, Andrew, is actually going off to college uh, for aeronautical engineering this weekend. So wow. we're out there. Um, but I spend a lot of time with my wife uh, and my kids. Yeah. We enjoy going out on the water with jet skis. Uh, we enjoy going out to dinner uh, just as a family. Uh, that's our Friday nights. One of the kids gets to pick where we go out to eat, and we rotate it. Um, occasionally, I get, a, I get a pick, but most of the time, it's the kids and my wife that get to pick. I don't, I don't usually get to pick. Um, but that's, that's the other thing of our, our aspects we like to do. Um, I have been very active in running my entire life because it's a nice it's a nice time for me I don't try to reflect on anything I just run aimlessly uh, and just to clear my mind and so I, I enjoy running um, and one of my goals uh, I actually had two goals um, there's five now there's six major marathons and I've done uh, I've done three of them 
and I still have London and, and Japan to do. Uh, so I'd like to do those. Uh, and then my other lofty goal with running was to do a sub three hour marathon, which is a sub seven minute marathon Ooh. for 26.2 miles. I've done a 304, so I've came close, but um, as I get older, I don't know if I'll obtain that, um, but that that's a lofty goal. Um, but I, I usually run anywhere from five to seven miles, you know, five, seven days a week. And that, yeah. that enjoys. And then my daughter, we usually do karate together, um, usually uh, about four or five days out of the week. So we're, we're mm. lofty goals to become a black belt. Uh, we're about halfway there. Um, but I think that's a good goal because um, she's, she's a little bit short in stature. And, and I think it's good for ladies in general just to have uh, a little bit of a killer instinct if somebody got close to them or too close that she'd be able to defend herself or free, feel confident. Yep. So we do that as a father, daughter, uh, usually, like I said, four or five days out of the week. So um, mm. barring that, uh, I, I enjoy building the practice, uh, just making it more uh, robust, trying to get out there, um, always trying to increase my footprint and, and referring docs. So we spend time doing that also. So uh, in the meantime, you know, we do, we do get to do uh, some resting and reading. Uh, so I usually read about an hour a night. Uh, I don't do a lot of medical reading at night. I use, usually do um, free reading. Um, mm-hmm. And I enjoy fantasy kind of, um, oh, more or less like uh, Lord of the Rings kind of general. Yeah. Yeah. I like that kind of reading. Kind of get away from it all, right? Just, yeah, yeah. It's totally, it's totally not real, and, and it just, it's a good escape for me. Yeah. But usually, about a half hour, forty-five minutes before I go to bed, I usually read. Um, yeah, and that's well, that's usually a full full week for me, actually. Oh, uh, it's like a full month for most people. So. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. uh, that's great. All right, so I feel bad because you don't get to select a restaurant too too often because of the you know good nature <laughs> dad and husband you are. So you get yeah. a day to choose a restaurant where are you going uh usually you know oddly enough we we do enjoy going to olive garden the kids like the salad i like the soups and and when they do the uh, buy one get one free it's a it's a win for everybody because then you got the next day leftovers and and you know noodles and spaghetti that's easy to warm up right <laughs> oh, that's great that's great <laughs> now you said we had an olive garden uh, back in pennsylvania right near us and boy we uh, we frequented frequented yeah. that place and it was it, like you said it's great the kids loved it we loved it it's like yeah 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 it's reasonable like all, yeah, right? nice atmosphere it's good oh, that's awesome so how about from a hardship standpoint dr becker something that you've uh, been through in the past could be personal business that you now look back and say hey um certainly wasn't any fun but i'm better for it i'm stronger what comes to mind i'll tell you the the one thing that really if you were to see me, I know this is a podcast and, and you can't see me. I, I'm not a big person. I'm, I'm a five, seven with, with, you know, the, the, the high heels, uh, <laughs> platform <laughs> shoes, uh, thin guy. I, I was all through high school, about 110 pounds, but I had some kind of ideation that I was six, five and could, you know, be a, a star athlete on any kind of basketball team. It was going to be a professional basketball player. So I, I, I tried to, to, to make the team, and I, I played basketball all through high school, but my junior year, I got cut from the varsity team, and that was devastating to me to the point, I'm not ashamed to say it, that I went home and cried. 
Mm. I mean, that, that consumed me so much. I watched basketball. I went to basketball games. I, I played basketball. All that, that consumed me, and, and I did not make the team, and that, that devastated me. So I set myself a practice schedule for that entire year. Hmm. So I practiced and, and did summer leagues. I came back for the same coach that cut me, and I made the team, and I started. And I think that was a turning point for me, not only to experience the failure and, and, and say, you can either say, you know what, I didn't make it and I, it's just not made out for me because I'm too short, I'm this, I'm that. I, 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 I think I took another route and said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to work harder and, and try to better myself. And I think that was a point where I really learned not only the failure, but also how to set a goal, try to achieve it. And then, oddly enough, enough to, to, to overcome and, and make that goal happen. I think that was a, a big turning point for me just in my life uh, very early on. And I've carried that kind of chip on my shoulder, if you will, uh, with everything I do. Um, when, when, when I said to my wife, I, I want to run a marathon, my wife said, you can't do that. I said, why not? She goes, that's, that's a long ways to run. I said, well, no, I think I can. And so then we signed up for the Nashville Marathon, and lo and behold, we married. You know, we we made it, and we mm-hmm. we completed it, and and I've done probably about 15 marathons since then. So, I mean, the, this is a thing that I I think it's really helped me from that that one incident in my high school career. I think it really changed me and who I was and how I was going to progress through life. So the best thing that has happened to you in the past is people telling you no, right? You can't yeah. do it. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's yeah. I'm sure you've experienced that too in your life. I mean, everybody has. Yeah, you need that. And and uh, we have two choices. So, you know, we can, and, you know, with these interviews, we're, you know, for our listeners, we're actually recording this during the COVID crisis. And right. you know, I speak to a lot of business owners that, you know, have every right to get up in the morning, but stay in bed, you know? Uh, yeah. and, and then there's the ones like yourself who say, you know, dang it. I'm going to get through this and I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing and take it one day at a time. And uh, yeah, you know, we're all going to be stronger for it as long as we like you, you know, stick to the training program and 12 months later we're on the team. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Great message. Great message. So one thing, Dr. Becker, that you wish our listeners knew about your company, what would that be? That when you come here, you are going to be treated truly like family. I, I think everybody that comes here has always said, um, if you read my reviews, they have a, a very nice experience, a very pleasant experience. Maybe it's not the best news they've heard all week, but um, we try to make it a great experience for them. And so I, I, I think if they've been to any other doctor's office, I think they're going to be pleasantly surprised when they come here that it's not over the top or anything, but it's just a nice, clean atmosphere that everybody's happy and, and you will feel welcomed. And I, I think that's a, a, a great thing when you're coming into a doctor's office when everybody gets nervous. Even myself, when I go to the dentist, I'm worried about getting a, you know, a, a filling, a cavity. Um, so you get that nervousness and, and I'm no different. So I think having a nice, friendly atmosphere here makes everybody a little bit more comfortable uh, and makes their, their whole experience with us a lot easier, too. Yeah. The best moment of their day, it sounds like, is the... Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So, listeners who want to learn more, where should we send them? Well, we you definitely visit our webpage at 
vassarcenternaples.com. Uh, you can always uh, watch our commercials. We're always showing commercials on the TV, usually uh, 9 to 5, so when we're open, uh, usually three, three weeks out of the month. Uh, and then also give us a call at 239-431-5884. I encourage our listeners, get a hold of Dr. Becker and his team and experience the, the wonderful folks that they are. And Dr. Becker, once again, really appreciate your time today and wish you the absolute best there. Hey, thanks again, Charlie, for inviting us on your, on your podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Good Neighbor Podcast. To nominate your favorite local business to be featured on the show, go to goodneighborpodcast.com. That's goodneighborpodcast.com. Or call us at 239-224-4105.